It's the Basketball Hall of Fame's Legends Podcast. I'm Kyle Belanger. Joining me today is a man identifiable not only by his game, but by his nickname, the Admiral. David Robinson was a 2009 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinee, a two-time Olympic gold medalist, two-time NBA champion, 10-time NBA All-Star, four-time NBA All-Defensive First Teamer, and he led the nation in rebounding and block shots at the Naval Academy in 1987. David Robinson, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Well, thanks, Kyle. Thanks for having me on. So I want to start, before we get into basketball stuff, uh, David, I'm I'm curious, I want to talk about your nickname. I know rankings obviously matter a ton in the the military world. Is it ever awkward that your nickname doesn't match up with your, uh, with, with your rank? Do you ever feel awkward answering to something like that? <laughs> it did at first. Initially, when I was at the American Academy, I think it was my junior year when I um, got the nickname. And it, it was very awkward coming back to the Naval Academy. And, uh, you know, I was a midshipman, uh, second-class midshipman, and people were they were calling me the Admiral. So uh, I felt a little bit funny, but, you know, once I got to the NBA, everyone seemed to love the nickname. I mean, it was all the, all the players thought it was the coolest nickname ever. And, uh, and so, you know, I mean, it started really, I started to embrace it a lot more, but at school, it was a little bit awkward. Yeah, for sure. And and I have to say, I mean, in, in that era, it was the ultimate era of nicknames and, and yours really does have a ring to it. It's, it is maybe the, the coolest NBA nickname of all time, if we're being honest. <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 I love being associated with the military, with the Navy. Um, my time in the service was phenomenal. My father served, my grandfather served. So it's been a big part of our family, a big part of our life. And um, and my brother served as well. So I, I um, yeah, I, I take a great deal of pride in the nickname and I'm glad that people like it. It's funny because when we think about that that decision to attend the naval to attend the naval academy, not only was it maintaining your your family tradition, but it was also academically geared. I mean, your your academics were off the charts. It was also basketball geared. As we look at sort of your recruitment, wasn't as celebrated as you know as as some people might think it was. And so, how much of your decision to attend the naval academy was service based? How much of it was academics based? How much of it was basketball based? Well, a lot of it was uh, academic based. I mean, I, you know, I'd grown up around the military. My father um, being stationed down in um, in Norfolk, Virginia, I used to go to the base all the time, and we'd fish off the pier, and I got a chance to meet a lot of military folks. Um, and so, for me, I, I felt very comfortable with the military, and uh, and it always treated our family very well. So, um, so a, a lot of it had to do with the engineering, the quality of the degree there at the Naval Academy. Uh, and the opportunity to serve our country. It's incredible too, because if you think about the way that your growth pattern, your physical growth pattern happened, you know, you're six foot six in high school and then, you know, over seven feet by the time you leave the Naval Academy. I have to believe that when David Robinson first goes to the Naval Academy, you're actually thinking about what you're going to do with an engineering career, what you're going to do with a mathematics degree. I mean, basketball, maybe that makes your story much more, as interesting as it is, is until your junior year, we weren't really thinking about David Robinson, the NBA superstar, were we? No, no, not at all. When I went to when I went to school, I I certainly did not think basketball was in my future. Uh, my first two years at the academy, I grew six inches, 
uh, and you know, from about six seven to about seven one. So uh, made a big difference from a basketball standpoint. But um, but no, I you know, my father thought there was some some basketball future for me. But I certainly didn't think it was in my future. Uh, so, yeah, so I, mean, I was very fortunate to, to be able to um, see basketball grow into something so meaningful in my life. Yeah. And your 1987 draft selection by the Spurs came with considerable considerations, as you still needed to fulfill those two years of active duty service following your graduation. So I'm wondering, were there talks about that between you and the team leading up to the draft? And and what was the process like, that waiting and knowing that regardless of what happened that night, there was going to be uh, two years between you and potentially putting on an NBA uniform? Yeah, you know, that put me in a very unique situation. Uh, obviously, there's not been very many players who, who have had to wait. Um, yeah, the, the, the other player that um, my situation was likely to was Larry Bird because, um, you know, they, they, when I, I didn't have to sign with the team that drafted me. And, and so it gave me a, a, a year. They said, well, if you, if you don't sign with the team that drafts you, you can wait for the next year and go back into the draft as a as a um, uh, as a draftee, and then get drafted again if they so choose. And then you can wait another year and then be an unrestricted free agent. Which you know, obviously, all the players would love, would love to be unrestricted free agents <laughs> and be able to you know go to any team you'd like. Um, so that was an unusual thing for me because I knew I would not be playing for two years. Um, and, and, you know, it, for San Antonio, it, it put them in an awkward situation. They said, hey, we'd love to draft you, and we think you might help change our team around, but um, we don't want to lose your rights after a year and you waste the number one pick. So they were very concerned. Um, you know, for me, obviously, it was nice to have that flexibility and have that leverage, um, but, but San Antonio convinced me they were very serious about trying to turn their team around. And, uh, and so I, you know, I signed with them, and and committed to helping them turn that turn their franchise around. And it's incredible too because your Spurs career is one from consistent one of consistent excellence. You know, from from the very beginning, when we think about the way that that turnaround did happen, and yet the championships didn't come until later. So I'm curious as well, how important was your age and your maturity, the life that you had led to keeping that, if I may use an analogy, to keeping the ship steady, making sure that, you know, there were some of the younger players weren't bailing as it was difficult to turn the ship around? Yeah, no, my, my, my experience at the Naval Academy was, was critical to uh, understanding, you know, the, the process. I think, you know, when you come into the NBA, you know, a lot of people don't realize how young these guys are. And especially nowadays, you're coming in, some of these guys are coming in after one year of college. And so they're 18, 19 years old. They have no idea what's going on. They don't know how to handle themselves. They don't know how to manage someone else. They don't know how to help the team. They don't know what they're doing. And so for me, I was very fortunate because I had four years of college. Then I was in the military for two years. Um, so for me, I, I understood what leadership looked like. I got a chance to see real admirals and generals and, you know, real, you know, see what a real organization looked like and what it, what it took to really manage that organization. I mean, I sat behind the desk for two years and, and did a job. So, so for me, I, number one, I appreciated the opportunity and I wasn't going to throw it away with, you know, with a, whether it was alcohol or women or drugs or whatever, I wasn't going to throw that away. And so I guess I had a little bit of an experience factor uh, advantage over some of the young guys that, that come in the league now. Because it, 
it takes a while to understand what's it going to take to turn this franchise around, not just do my job, which is hard enough, but to help others be better at their jobs. Of course, there was also uh, two gold medals in 1992 in Barcelona and 1996 in Atlanta, two legendary teams. Uh, do you think that, um, well, A, uh, there's really no way to quantify what that meant to basketball domestically and abroad, either one of those teams. But do you think that maybe, again, getting back to your service, did it mean at that time to have an actual Navy veteran on the roster? Did it mean a little something extra for those teams and for you personally to see the red, white, and blue flying? Um, I don't know how much it's meant necessarily to the guys, to the team, but I, I think for me personally, it meant a great deal. I, you know, obviously wearing my uniform and being a part of the military, we represent the United States. I understood what, hey, you put that USA on my chest, I know what that means. Right. We're going overseas, we're going to Barcelona, or we're going to Seoul, Korea. Um, we, we are representing, you know, 300 million people. So for me, that was a, a huge honor uh, and a huge opportunity. Uh, and I, and I, you know, again, I, I think my advantage was knowing that, hey, I wasn't going to flounder this opportunity. I think, you know, nowadays I watch some of the young guys and they get the opportunity to play in the Olympics and, you know, they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to play. And I'm thinking, whoa, wait, wait, hold on. What an incredible, I grew up watching the Olympics and watching guys like Mark Spitz and, you know, Mary Lou Retton and all, I mean, I watched the old Olympic glory, and for me to be able to be a part of that was an incredible honor, and uh, and it was just it was just exciting for me. So I, I think I think I understood what it meant to have that USA on my chest, and and certainly with the Dream Team in '92, all those guys were so very proud to be a part of that team um, for many reasons. Obviously, uh, being you know playing with each other was a great honor, but I think wearing that USA meant a great deal for everyone as well. Every once in a while, I catch myself daydreaming about what would happen if we could reunite that dream, reunite that dream team one more time. I still feel like even in even at at this age, y'all could still probably make the medal round. That's how much heart that team had. <laughs> well, you know, the guys on that team, I would never doubt them. That's for sure. Um, but I, you know, I know my body is uh, is the over fifty body. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even guess to that we that we could keep up with those young guys. But you know what? At that age, at the age that we were, you know, I felt like, you know, most, most of us were right at our peak. And um, it, it just really was a great team. It was a great team to be a part of. I mean, I let other people debate whether it was the best team ever. But but for me, um, yeah, what a tremendous experience. I, I got to, man, I got to play with some phenomenal guys. And, um, yeah, you know, when it goes now, that was, it was amazing. If it happened at a different time, uh, another one of your teammates later on in your career uh, would have been on that team with you. I'm speaking, of course, about Tim Duncan. Uh, you two formed one of the best duo of bigs that this game has ever seen. And then the championships start coming. So I'm going to ask, beside the obvious size answer, what was it about your game and Tim's game that meshed so beautifully and made that corner so natural to turn? Well, I mean, I think, you know, at the, at the pro level, the game is so much mental. Um, you know, I, it, it, you know, you come up through high school and you come up through college, and a lot of it's physical. You're just bigger, stronger, faster than most people. But you get to the NBA, everyone's big, fast, and strong. You, you need to be mentally stronger. You need to have, a, you know, chemistry. You need to understand how to help one another. And I think that was the advantage that Tim and I had um, for two big guys 
we we work together extremely well. Um, we let our, our talent complement one another. I think um, individually, we were flexible enough to be able to do, you know, both of us could go rebound, both of us could go play defense, both of us could, could shoot the ball, both of us could be the, you know, the center of the offense. But, you know, we, we put our talents um, together in such a way that, um, you know, we, we complemented each other instead of stepped on each other's toes. And I think that's easier said than done many times. Um, you know, you see today, egos kind of get in the way, salaries get in the way, people worry about all kinds of other things, and we just worried about basketball. And, uh, and I think that gave us a, a, a unique situation. Uh, and we were able to kind of make one plus one equal three. Finally, uh, David Robinson, and again, thank you so much for your time. What does it mean for you to be working with the Hall of Fame at this stage in your life? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> no one ever kind of sits there at the beginning and says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, be a Hall of Famer. I mean, that's something that, um, you know, other people have to decide that they're worthy of that. And, um, and for me to be a part of this, fraternity um <laughs> i you know I, I can't even describe what it means uh it's it's a part of preserving the history of the game it's a part of um representing um such a powerful game um to so many people uh it just it means so much to me and uh so i, I love what the hall of fame folks are doing and preserving um a, you know, what this game is about, what it has meant to so many people, and certainly what it has meant to me. So, um, I, you know, I can't even describe the honor that it's in. There can be only one admiral. He is David Robinson, 2009 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinee, two-time Olympic gold medalist, two-time NBA champion, 10-time NBA All-Star, four-time NBA All-Defensive first-teamer, and by far the greatest midshipman that has ever stepped foot on a basketball court. Thank you so much, David. I appreciate your time today. Oh, appreciate that. It's been a lot of fun.